Welcome up, Pastor Josh. Good morning, all. Have a seat. Good to see you guys. Merry Christmas. A few announcements before we get into our little choir and our message is that this is our Christmas service, but it's not yet quite done because we have Christmas Eve communion service. Christmas Eve is January 21st, and it's going to be a candlelight communion. What did I do? It's okay. Half of us didn't hear you. I know. December 24th. One of those months. Christmas Eve. We all should know what that is. But uh, just join us for a special candlelight communion service. It is a time where we have the kids in the service with us. It's a short service, and we get to take the opportunity to talk about what Christmas really means and to teach our kids how to receive Holy Communion. So join us for that. Next year is going to be a year of discipleship. And so... Uh, like, I want to encourage you. We'll just start planting the seed now. Um, I want to encourage you to get on the right path, to get on a steady path, uh, a, a path of, of, frankly, spiritual disciplines. 
Your life will be so much better and stronger when you are in the Word of God daily. And this is what we're, we've developed an incredible uh, daily plan that we put together ourselves. And we want to invite you into that process. So uh, come on back and join us in January. All right. If I could have the ushers come to the front, we're going to pray for uh, the offering. There's a number of ways that you can give, cash, check, your firstborn. Um, also, granitecreek.org, there's a big red button. You can give online directly there. It's fairly easy. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the expression of worship that we are giving you today a response to your grace and your kindness and your goodness. We pray right now that you will receive our gift to you. May this gift to you, be, may it just be exponentially expounded upon. May it, may it grow, may it bear good fruit. May our tithes and offerings increase the kingdom of heaven on earth. Jesus, we thank you so much for the gift that you gave us. We did not earn it. We don't deserve it. And yet, you came and you gave to us. This is our way of saying thanks to you and giving back to you what you had first given us. Bless this offering to its extent. In your name, amen. amen. God bless you guys as you continue to give. All right, let's get our kids up on the stage. Come on, guys. Oh, my goodness. If you had a bad morning, it's about to go away. Come on up, you guys. Oh, my goodness. They are the cutest.
Thank you guys. Give them one more hand. I'm so proud of them. I don't think I, yeah, I think I could just probably, we could all go home now. All right, from the Christmas story in Luke chapter 2. Now I know that all of you have either read this 
or heard this, and yet we have a tendency to gloss over the important things when we read Scripture. Let's listen. And there were shepherds living outside the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and, were, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy. That will be for all people or all nations. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them and gone in, into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see the thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off, and they found Mary and Joseph lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. But Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had seen and heard and were just about which they were all had been told. And that's the word of the Lord. Now, in reading this, thank you, Landon. No My notes flew away. This is the story. We know it well. There might have been a part that maybe you just went right over your head, that you glossed over. But there's a very important key element, a couple of words that could completely transform your life. And maybe you've even accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you, you have him and the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of your heart. But there's, an, there's one small thing that could really make the difference in your life if you don't make, the, make a choice, if you don't receive in a certain way. And this is that good news of great joy. Now, when I read that passage, did, did joy just like jump out at you? Did you like, oh, He's talking about joy here. You see, what is behind me, the manger, the, the, the purpose of nativity is almost as if it's just twofold. Yes, the Savior has been born to us. You know, on that day in the town of David, the, the, the Savior of the world. That's the gospel message. That's the good news that, that Jesus 
came to save. At the other side of the coin, he also came to give us great joy. Joy. Joy unexplainable. Joy that is eternal. Joy that is that goes on forever and ever. We have, as believers, as Christians, this choice of joy. And here's, here's a great oxymoron. This doesn't, does not exist. It is impossible. Well, I shouldn't say it's impossible, but it should be illegal for there to be joyless Christians. We all know that salvation is a choice. It's a free gift from God given to us, and we have to choose to receive salvation. Likewise, joy, living a joyful Christian life, is also a gift from God. So let's, let's talk about real quick what joy is not or where we can get confused about what joy might be. And then I'll explain a little bit more how to step into God's plan for you to be a joyful Christian. This is what it's not. Joy is not happiness. And we get really confused between the two. Now, happiness is a great thing. We all want to be happy. I want to be happy. Do you want to be happy? Because what's the opposite of happy? Sad. I don't want to be sad. I want to be happy. So happy is, a, happy is a great thing. But we often get happiness confused with joy, but they're completely different. And I'll, I'll illustrate to you what the difference is. It's a beautiful day. The sun is shining. I feel the rays of the, the sun's heat on my face. I am happy about that. If you're sitting in the shade, you might be cold. So I'm at least a few degrees happier than you are right now. If God did not bless us with a nice sunshiny day, if it was raining, everybody knows that I would not be a happy camper at this moment. So happiness, is a, it, it's conditional. Happiness is dependent upon our circumstances and the quality of our relationships and the balance in our bank accounts. Happiness is a good thing, but it is something that, that is achieved. Happiness is an objective. It, they're goals, I guess you could say. If, every, if all my ducks are lining up in a row, then I'm happy. Our great nation, our Declaration of Independence, highlights three of our inalienable rights. Our inalienable rights as Americans. Life, liberty, and what? What's the third one? The pursuit of happiness. It's a great thing. In our mindset, the pursuit of happiness is the house with the white picket fence, two-car garage, a dog, a cat, and maybe a couple of kids. We've achieved the American dream, the pursuit of happiness. We've obtained that. 
and we're happy. I don't know exactly what the pursuit of, of happiness is, is in your life, but everybody has a pursuit of happiness. And again, it is 100% conditional. Happiness is cool, but it is not joy. Joy is completely different. Joy is uncircumstantial. It does not depend upon the situations that we find ourselves in. Yeah, maybe you had a bad year and you lost the house with the white picket fence. Your dogs died. Maybe, maybe life wasn't good for you this past couple of years. You might not be happy about your situation. But as the believer, you can still find joy. Joy unexplainable. Joy that comes from what the inside out, that your outside circumstances cannot tell you how to be. How to be in God's presence is to be in joy. I've seen this quite a bit in ministry, specifically when the difficult times in life do take place. Like in a, the death of a loved one. We've done numerous memorial services and, and funerals. And what I can tell you as a pastor, whenever I do a, a, a funeral or memorial service, you can always tell the difference between a believer's memorial service and an atheist memorial service. Whenever you bury a loved one, you're not happy. But when you bury a loved one and you're a Christian, you can still have joy in the midst of grief. I can't quite understand that or explain that, but that's the truth. Have you ever been grieving and yet you feel the comfort of God's joy inside of you? See, a believer is marked by joy even in the worst situations or the worst circumstances. You can choose the Lord as your, as your Savior. The other side of the coin is, is that we have to choose the Lord and his joy for us. That he is predestined for you in the future. When he saw you in the future, he said, it brings me so much joy to see them and stepping into their, into their destiny. Joy is a choice. Romans 12, 12 says, be joyful. Choose joy. Be joyful in hope. The other part, well, it's, it's not fun. Be patient in affliction. You have, you have to choose patience, too. When you're on the freeway, choose patience. When you're at Walmart, choose patience in affliction. Because it is an afflicting atmosphere. All right. Be patient. Be joyful. And then it says, be faithful in prayer. These are choices that we have to make even though we do not feel like it. It is uncircumstantial. You might not feel like being joyful, but you must choose joy. You must choose to be joyful. You might not feel like being 
patience. Your patience of being worn thin. But you have to choose patience, even in the midst of affliction. And have you ever felt like not praying? When we are excited or motivated or maybe we're in a tough spot and we are, we are prompted and like prayer just comes naturally, prayer comes easy. Have you ever been in those moments? Those are great. But have you ever been in a situation where you just don't really feel like praying? You have to choose to pray. Be faithful in prayer, even though you don't feel like it. Second point, first point. Joy is a choice. Second point, joy is a gift. Now, where you can actually choose happiness, you can actually make happiness happen. Did you know that? Okay, so maybe you're not happy right now because, uh, I don't know, you're outside. or that, there's, a, there's a million reasons why uh, you don't, you're not happy. Well, you know what you can do? Within, I don't know, 30 minutes, you can literally make yourself happy. You can start smiling real big. You can start thinking all kinds of positive thoughts. I have like this bang energy drink. You could pound that. You, you, can, you can literally make yourself happy if you want to. Like you can, you can conjure it up. You can go to work and work extra harder so that bank account does make you happier. There's a lot, of, a lot of things that you can physically, mentally, socially do that will make you happy. But you cannot do that with joy because joy is a gift that you receive and that you have to open up. You can't make joy happen. Joy happens to you because it comes from God. It is a divine thing. So once again, let's not get joy and happiness mixed up. Joy is a, is a manifestation of your walk with, with God. It's the manifestation of a faithfulness that you have in functioning inside of your spiritual gifts. I don't have time to get into spiritual gifts, but I can, we are going to talk about how you know that, that you're functioning inside of your giftings. It's something that we call the fruit of the, the Spirit from Galatians 5. The fruit of the Spirit is the mark of a faithful believer. So what, like, you know, if you think about what makes a good Christian, what, what makes, what's the defining elements of a Christian? It's five very simple things from Galatians 5. The fruit of the Spirit is love. That should be a no-duh, right? Okay, love is a no-duh. Number two, you know what number two is? Joy. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, generosity or forbearance. And then everybody's favorite, self-control. <laughs> so these are things that you have access to. You might not be a person of self-control, but you can receive that gift of self-control. You might not be a patient person, but you can receive it. It's something that you don't have, but it can be given to you. Maybe you're not even a loving person. That gift can be given to you. 
Romans 14, 17 says, For the kingdom of God, all right, kingdom of God, it's, it's what God does. It's his power. It's his, it's his purpose, rule and reign in, in the everyday life, the big picture, day to day, everything. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating or drinking. So it's not material, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Joy in the Holy Spirit. These are marks of what a Christian is. If you know some grumpy Christians, they just they need to jump into the Word of God a little bit better. They need to detach themselves from all the craziness in the world that's driving them into negative thinking. And they need to, to reorient themselves back to what the fruit of the Spirit is. And again, it is in the Spirit. Joy is a gift from God. It is given to us, must be opened up. Listen to Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope. This is what I love about our nativity this year. There's so much hope in this nativity. It's just ridiculous. May the God of hope fill you with all joy. There it is. There's God giving it to you. The God of hope filling you with joy. Amen. What an incredible Christmas gift that is. That's the best Christmas gift in the universe. The God of hope is filling you with joy. Will you receive it? Will you take that gift that's under the Christmas tree and you unpack that thing and you begin to be filled up with joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't have to cut the theme of this, but the Holy Spirit's kind of involved in the whole thing. He is empowering you. He's giving you the hope. He's giving you that joy. He's giving you the peace. As you continue to put your faith and your trust in him. Joy is a choice that we make. Joy is a gift that we receive. But there's also another side of the coin to this. You think that you chose God. But the word of God says is that he actually chose you. Joy is a big deal to God. And do you know what brings the Lord joy? It's you. You are his delight. You are his joy. And just as if, you know, Jesus is our great Christmas present, right? He, he saved us from our sins. He's walking us and leading us into all joy. He is our gift. We are also, our lives are also our gift to him. He sees you as his treasure, as his gift. 
Hebrews 12, 2 says, fixing our eyes on Jesus. This is what I love about nativities because we're, we're literally looking at Jesus all night long. <laughs> he might be plastic and, you know, sitting in the manger, but we, we have our eyes on Jesus. We have our eyes on the prize. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. I love this part. He is the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. I love that. I thought I was the pioneer of my faith. Word of God says that Jesus is the, he's the pioneer of our faith. He's moving us forward into new territory, into new realms of spiritual adventure. Amen. The pioneer of our faith. Are you ready for this? For the joy set before him. That's you. The joy set before Jesus. That's you. You're, the, you're his joy. He endured the cross, scorning its shame, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus is our gift, but you are also God's treasure. You are his masterpiece. You are his gift. You are his joy. That is how good he is. Let's receive communion. It is a very, I was thinking about this, it's a very odd thing to think about the nativity and then communion because the baby came so that we could do this. That body the body of Christ born in this manger, in that very moment. The baby was pure, undefiled, not exposed to the things of this world, never had a negative thought in his mind. I guess you could say most babies are, are born pure. I don't, I'm not going to get into original sin, but just think about the pureness of a baby. And 32 years later, in Jesus' life, as a man being nailed on the cross, he was just as pure in that moment as he was the day that he was born. And his body was broken for us and for our provision so that we, the whole purpose of nativity, the reason why that body entered into our time, our space, our history, our lives. The reason why he came down to earth is that all of our practical needs will be met. I'm not saying material needs, but what you really, really need your provision comes from this body. The body of Christ born in a manger. The body of Christ that was hung on a cross. For you. Because you are his joy. Receive the body of Christ for all of your provisions. The bread from heaven.
considering the baby in the manger makes this statement even more powerful. Without the shedding of innocent blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. That's heavy when we think about the baby in the manger. The blood of Christ was shed for the forgiveness of our sins. This, this perfect person. So that all of our sins that we committed in the past and all the sins that we will commit in the future, this cup washes it all away. Receive the blood of Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And let's just let's try to do what Jesus asks and sin no more. Thank you, God. Now, would you just receive, if you feel comfortable doing this, if you don't, no big deal. But let's unpack that gift of joy this morning. Let's choose joy and let's receive joy in a posture, a physical posture. And I challenge you even to have your heart shifted into a posture to receive his joy. Let's become joyful Christians this morning once again. Joy everlasting joy all-powerful, joy that is transformative to our worlds. Heavenly Father, we receive your joy. We receive your Son. Holy Spirit, come and empower us and fill us with all joy. I got the joy, 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 joy down in blessing. You guys are going to have the best Christmas you've ever had. Look, we had the best nativity we've ever had. So why not have the best Christmas you've ever had? I want to, I, and I know things are hard. It might not go as planned. You might not be happy, but you can have joy. Have joy. May the God of hope fill you with all joy as you continue to trust in him. May the God of hope fill you with peace 
by the power of the Holy Spirit and not our circumstances. Amen. Go in the joy of the Lord. God bless you. Have a Merry Christmas season.